Welcome back to the What's Next podcast. I'm here with Pastor Jay, and uh, we'll just give you a little bit of a heads up. This is uh, not our typical podcast, and that's a bit more PG-rated, or at least not G-rated, just to give you that heads up if you're listening with children or maybe having uh, what would be considered culturally taboo subjects is triggering for you. I uh, just want to give you that warning. We th- we're still glad that you're listening in. Uh, but we don't want any surprises uh, for people. So uh, thanks for joining us today. We are talking about foolproofing your sex life. Uh, Not something that we typically talk about. Uh, And for that reason, we gave it to Pastor Jay to preach about this past week because none of the rest of us wanted to touch it. Yeah, so I was the guy. I guess, uh, (laughs) am I the expert? Am I the sage? Or am I the the sucker that gets to be tossed the... The, uh, the good and uh, interesting topics, so but I was very happy to do it. I feel very comfortable to talk about it, so it's not like it's uh, any awkwardness at all. But I, I like the fact, uh, so when you mentioned that we gave you the topic, um, Daniel got a great reaction of me laughing uh, okay, about good. it. Uh, good, it's good. really funny, but I think part of it is you mentioned that when we talk about sex and sex lives, that we tend to get very uneasy about it. Um, I remember back when I was 13 or 14, biology class, you know, the teacher said, okay, like, we're going to talk about sex, get your giggles out now because we're going to be mature about this. Right. And I've come to realize that as adults, adults are still not mature about it. Yeah. Uh, it still causes us to giggle and smirk. And Yeah. It doesn't matter uh, whether it's in the life of the church or in the community. Um, it, it is just something about sexuality brings something out of us that, uh, you know, for some people can create great awkwardness mm-hmm. or even shame. For others, just like the giggles and the the uneasy feeling. So hopefully when we talk about sex life, we can mm-hmm. talk about it in a way that is like, okay, like we're, we're trying to talk openly, honestly, and not make it awkward, but just go, this is a part of life and part of design, as we said, God had for us. So let's, uh, let's learn. Yeah. And so you talked about vulnerability and how that's a part of it. And I think that's part of the conversation is being willing to talk about vulnerable things. Yeah. And, uh, that's a good part. So, uh, yeah. So you, you started out with, as a church, we typically don't talk about our sex life very much, right? Um, which I'm sure a lot of people are happy to know that you sure. know, you're not going to come every Sunday and hear us talk about the sex life. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Or, or you know, it was more pointed this week, you know, your sex life. We're not going to talk about your sex life every week. Yeah. Uh, but we can't ignore it either because it is a yeah. huge part of human nature. Yeah. Uh, it's a big part of our identity as a culture. Like that's yeah. probably one of the key defining identities right now in our culture is mm-hmm. what is your sexuality. Yeah. Um, and there's an important part that the, the Bible plays into talking about it. Yeah. And I, let's, let's just be honest. Like if, if God has created the beauty of sexuality, then, you know, there may be certain environments where it's right to talk in more detail and more specifically, but that doesn't mean we should just completely ignore and avoid talking about sexuality but and of course the focus was on sex life between two people uh, as we would say a covenant relationship between a husband and wife and so what does that mean uh, when we talk about that so yeah like we have to go there by time so we just don't make that the every Sunday topic but it is good to uh, to address it for sure yeah and so you you start off with comparing uh, 
uh, the idea of sexual ethics and sexual wisdom. Hmm. And I, I don't think we talk about that enough when we talk about sex and sexuality. Um, we can get into the details or we can paint it with broad pictures, but we don't talk much about ethics and wisdom and mm. sexuality. And I yep. think that's so important for us to say, okay, what is a good sexual ethic mm-hmm. and what is sexual wisdom? Right. Um, and I think a lot of relationships can be lacking in that because we tend to see it as a very primal uh, activity, mm-hmm. um, very vulnerable, but there is an ethic and a wisdom to it. Uh, and you, you started this out with uh, Song of Songs, chapter four. Mm. Now, did you notice that as you were preaching that every one of the chapters you used was chapter four and five? There, I did reference that a fair amount. A fair amount. I it do was know Song that. of Solomon yeah. four and five, Proverbs four and five, Galatians yeah. four and five, Matthew yeah. four and five. I was like, there's a key, key theme here. Obviously, in the fourth and fifth chapter, that's where you will find sexual ethics and wisdom. There you go. It must be true. Yeah, four and five. So chapter that's good. Uh, but in Song, Song of Songs 4, you, you shared these great words of how a husband sees his wife. Uh, I don't know if you want to share some of those. Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, I, I remember hearing a speaker talk on this in a very humorous, um, comedic way. And it, it really is quite interesting. Uh, and the two phrases that are two scriptures that I referenced, one was, like the passage that says your hair flows like a flock of goats, you know, on the yeah. hillside. And it's like, I don't know that I would say that to my wife, Sharon. I don't know if I go, Sharon, your hair is so, well, it just reminds me of a flock of goats. And I don't know how well that would be received, right? Um, but obviously the image that was there must have meant something even to the women of the day, that that was, must have been a very beautiful flowing flock of goats, right? And then the other was your neck is like the fortress of the Tower of David. And so, you know, choose whatever tower is in your local community. And for us, we have Scotia Towers downtown. And I'd be, I just never have said to Sharon, you know, your neck is, it just reminds me so much of the Scotia Towers, right? <laughs> um, so just, you know, the beauty of uh, or the the uh, reality of that scripture. But then it also would say, like, your love captures me. Your eyes are drawn. And, you know, it's, it's all of a sudden it's very beautiful, very romantic, very appealing, uh, that uh, the connection we have with one another that is a part of, I guess, our sexual life too. It's not just about the activity of sex, but it's about how to create uh, a loving union where sexuality is a part of that, but it, it can grow and become beautiful because we have a loving union. So, uh, yeah, so that was what the the Song of Songs uh, yeah. scripture was. And as funny as that sounds, like there's something to take away from that in that uh, the the husband in that is not just saying you're beautiful, but is working to describe the beauty yeah. that he sees, right? And so that's yeah. something that we can take away from that. You know, you might not want to say you look like a flock of goats or <laughs> that you look like a <laughs> tower. Fair, yeah. yeah, but... But that, uh, but that to take the time to uh, contemplate and reflect and share away to, with your spouse about uh, yeah. the beauty that you see. Well, and, and when you think of, we do that a lot in life. We we see something visual, uh, something of creation, something of of that's astounding or that is just like, oh, that just completely overwhelms me with the beauty of that, uh, you know, creation. So, you know, we can do that in a lot of things of life. And so I suppose if there is something that 
both you and your spouse feel like something of creation is beautiful and it compares to mm. how you can express your love and express your uh, expressions of beauty for the other person, then, hey, if it works for you, go for it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I hear a lot of people, eyes are a big thing, right? Like your piercing eyes or eyes deep like the ocean. Yeah. Those yeah, kinds of things, exactly. right? Similar, sure. similar ideas. Yeah. And uh, so going back before that, though, into Proverbs chapter four or heading forward into Proverbs chapter four, talking about the wisdom and how to apply this. Hmm. Um, there is this expectation where the now a father's ch- sharing with their child. Um, and one of the commentators I read, they said, you know, this really it. it seems directed towards a son, but like you said, it's actually really for everybody, hmm. son and daughter, yeah. to pay attention. And then in verse 23, to guard your heart. Hmm. Um, and I think this is really important to talk about because we sometimes are guarded in our hearts towards our partners, right. but this is not what it's talking about. This is talking about guarding our hearts against temptations mm-hmm. and um and desires that lead us away from our partners rather than being vulnerable and open. Yeah. Yeah. And when we think of, uh, as, as we may get to even deeper, the concept of what God has designed, his ethic, his, his planning, his beauty that can be found in the sexual relationship. Uh, we know that there is an evil one who is always enticing and tempting and, wanting to lure us away from the God design. So there is this way in which we have to have those guards in our life. Uh, Of course, that goes for all things that would want to call us away from the glory of God, but especially sexually. um, There are so many things that, you know, are the counterfeits, are the perversions, are the less than what God had in mind that the evil one knows uh, can entice us. And so we have to have safeguards. We have to watch carefully and pay attention. And uh, I think every human being uh, would testify there's been a time or two or more that I have gotten caught up. I've I've allowed something to pull me away, to distract me, to divert me from what really needs to be my sole focus. So I think the the message speaks to everybody. There's no way that anybody could say, well, I'm I'm 100% perfect here. I've never had an issue anywhere in my life over this. Um, so we have this just good wisdom for everyday life, for sure. And so from that, you talked about uh, from Proverbs chapter 5, verse 15, hmm. uh, this drink water from our own well. Reserve it for yourself. Never share it with others. Always be captivated by their love, your your yeah. partner's love. Yeah. Um, and you went into, you were just talking about this, the, the danger, the counterfeit, mm. and how often that tends to be uh, the struggle that we have is we are looking for the counterfeit. Yeah. We're looking for something else, not realizing that what we are designed for is right in front of us. Yeah. Um, I had a, one of my mentors, uh, as I was going through my master's, we were working through a project on sexuality and we were talking about pornography and stuff. And one of the comments they said is that a lot of the struggles with pornography is it's replacing intimacy. Hmm. You don't feel like you're getting the intimacy that you want from your spouse. So instead of working through that, you're looking for counterfeit intimacy through pornography and other sexual Bad ethics, if yeah. you will. So. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of things that, uh, if we were to say, okay, if you go to the extremes, uh, we would clearly say this is not right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, you know, it could be the extremes of like swingers and mm-hmm. and swapping partner kind of parties, right? right? You go, okay, that is totally outside of the bounds of Christian conduct and ethic, right, sexually. And then, you know, then there's also the scriptural clarity on, you know, fidelity, mm-hmm. um, being faithful to one person. So that means do not have immorality or sexual immorality, which is I go outside of my marriage to another person, or fornication, which is kind of premarital. So Mm -hmm. there are some pretty clear pictures in scripture about that, where it begins to get into that gray area or those unknowns, which fall into impurities and lustful pleasures would be, okay, what about pornography or soft pornography? Or what about Mm -hmm. um, those kinds of you know, um, mind, imagination, things that people play in their minds. So that's where it takes, you know, you have to be willing to say, okay, how do I bring that under the Lordship of Christ? Let the Holy Spirit lead me and help me so that that doesn't become a problem. Because coming back to what you were saying, if we allow ourselves to be drawn to pornography it's like the objectification of a person. Mm-hmm. We're just getting out of them what we want. Right. We're making them an object of our pleasure, but we really don't want to build relationship. Because right. relationship takes time. It takes two people to have to work together. So porn is such a, uh, an objectifying of someone that it is going to impact a relationship because... Mm-hmm. The spouse can never, ever match up to the illusion, and I'm saying illusion, of the other person who is always performing well, always doing what pleases us. And that's just not the way it works. But that's in our minds what, you know, people can assume. So therefore, if that's the case then with our spouse, if they're just not matching up to what is in my mind from this porn that's going to affect the sexual relationship. So, yeah, it's a, it's definitely an area that these passages, drink from your own well, is basically how do we, over time, as a husband and wife, learn how to find pleasure and fulfillment in the sexual relationship? If we have frustrations, if we have concerns, if we have things that are kind of uh, keeping us from finding and discovering that, then... Let's just not then go outside and find pleasure. Let's work at it and get better and keep talking. And over time, it will become that much more meaningful. Yeah, and so you brought up the passage from uh, Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, heading into the Beatitudes, talking about um, going beyond the basic expectation, going beyond, you know, uh, adultery in the action but to the actual mental state of adultery like yeah. the, the lusting after somebody else how that in itself is adultery yeah um because there is the action might not be physically committed but it's been committed in your mind wholeheartedly mm-hmm. um and so again you've taken away from the intimacy and the vulnerability with your partner uh because you've now led it to go to somebody else to somewhere else yeah exactly that's the the one thing with jesus uh, that is astounding is he's helping the religious people of the day that he's talking to, to say, listen, uh, if we're going to talk about adultery, uh, we're going to talk about it, yeah, from a physical, I've actually been with, in person, another individual. And of course, the 
you know, religious leaders would have went, well, good, I'm, I'm cool then, because I've never done that. Like, I, I keep the law, and the law says you don't do that. So, therefore, uh, I'm not going there. But then he says, but if in your heart you have lustfully thought and planned out and activated in your mind, uh, that's adultery too. And it was like, ooh, all of a sudden it hit home in a different way than just the physical activity. Yeah. Now I think let's just give ourselves some some room here to keep this in perspective because it's like, well, okay, what if I have had the thought? Right. What if I've been tempted? What if I've played out in my mind? And that's we go to the book of James, but it's like that principle of how our own uh, human nature can be drawn towards something. And if we let that go, it's going to lead us to sin. So how to get that completely lined up where it's like, okay, when is it a temptation? When is it now getting into a danger? When have I crossed the line to sin? Mm -hmm. I think that's for each of us to have to trust the Holy Spirit to guide us and direct us. Um, But as people, we are often tempted and we may see things in others or in situations that we can be drawn to but that's when we just keep needing to say okay i have to have the guardrails up i need to keep trusting the spirit to prompt me and to stop me and and when i recognize i'm entertaining i'm ruminating on this thought too long too much okay hey holy spirit i need to be checked because if i'm not careful and this is one of the things that often can be said about adultery is I've actually not said anything or done anything, but because I've thought about it enough and I've mapped it out in my head of how something might unfold, then when the opportunity arose, all of a sudden somebody stepped into something adulterous, but because they had thought about it so much, all of a sudden it just felt kind of natural and normal. When it was like, hold it, if, we'd, if you wouldn't have let that go, or if you wouldn't have thought about that so much, you go, okay, if you would have stopped it, if you would have said, this is not right, uh, God, sanctify my thoughts and, and purify my mind, then, you know, stepping into something too quickly probably wouldn't have happened. So, so yeah, there's a whole lot here Jesus was talking about that I think we can identify with that what are the thoughts in my mind that need to also... And, and I guess that comes from that scripture, God knows our hearts. Right. He, he knows the path. So yeah. let's not try to pretend that, that he's not aware. Uh, let's draw him into that to help us to become what he wants us to be. So one of the areas that you got into there uh, towards the end was the intimate marriage plus mature lovers equals a fulfilled sex life. Yeah. And then you talked about emotional vulnerability and trust. And um, we didn't really get into it yesterday, but I think something that I've seen played out in Christian homes that kind of comes along with the Pharisees and the hypocrisy, hypocrisies is that there are um, people who they're in a marriage, but they're not finding the fulfillment they want. And so you mentioned this, like certain, some of the traps that we could face would be um, misogyny, harassment, hmm. and then even abuse and rape within Christian yeah. relationships where, yes, they are spouse. And yes, there are scriptures that say that you should that you should give to each other, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's usually wives denying a husband, but it could go either way. Yep. And then the spouse taking advantage then on the other side. Yep. And that is also not a good sexual ethic mm. that I think plays into a lot of Christian households sometimes. Yeah. Um, I, I referenced an article uh, at the end of the message called Christian Sex Rules. 
And I just said it, I just found it to be very helpful from an overview of things. And the four key uh, ideas that he shared in that uh, article were exclusivity, which means, okay, we are keeping ourselves only to each other. So no one else gets, gets included in this relationship. So exclusivity. Then he mentions mutuality. So how are we mutually working together to find that which is meaningful and pleasurable and fulfilling for both partners? Well, if we aren't educating ourselves, if we aren't talking, then it can be, be very easily, and oftentimes it's the male who wants to kind of include or expect certain things, but that may not be the mutual view of the, of the wife, right? So mutuality is important. Pleasurability. You know, what may be pleasurable for one person may not be pleasurable at all for the other. So how can we talk together and work on what makes it pleasurable for both? And then relationally, it was the fourth key point in this article, and that is how do we continue to grow and strengthen and create that bond uh, emotionally with each other so the relationship is strong and is able to then uh, understand well, how does the sexual life that we have uh, correspond with the relational. So uh, maybe the best way to, would be to say, if I'm having a hard time being vulnerable with my spouse, mm-hmm. and I'll use a kind of a, a, an idea and a concept, which would be the PG side of things. If I'm, if I'm having a hard time undressing mm-hmm. with my spouse emotionally, how will I be able to undress sexually? How will I be able to have that kind of freedom where I feel like I'm myself versus I'm always guarded? I always feel like even though I may be naked, I'm actually clothed sexually because, man, I, I, my heart is not really in this because I'm not in this relationship in the same way. So they do go together, and that's why the statement I think is really important, an intimate marriage, meaning we are continuing to grow closer and closer in relationship and mature lovers we're talking about our sex life. We're talking about what brings pleasure. We're talking about the mutuality of things. How can we bring those two together so that we do have a fulfilling sex life? And so, uh, yeah, that was the, the concept behind all of that. And so as we're coming towards the end of our time here, but uh, you brought us to Galatians chapter 5, the other chapter 5 on this, hmm. um, which talks about letting the Holy Spirit guide our lives. And it talks about sexual immorality, impurity, and lustful pleasures, how yeah. those are the negatives that the Holy Spirit leads us away from. And it's yeah. so important for those uh, as part of our lives to have them separated out. Yeah. Um, well, and if we go back, of course, to Proverbs, and, and he's trying, you know, th- through the wisdom we're learning, is there are those things that can trap you, can bind you, can have such an impact on your life that that's not God's way. Well, here in the New Testament writing in Galatians, you know, let the power of the Holy Spirit lead us so that we're not fulfilling the acts of the sinful nature. We're not letting lustful pleasures control us. So, and the first three that were in that list were sexual immorality, fornication, and perversions or mm-hmm. impure thoughts. So, you know, it seems like uh, it's it's the common thread, the common theme from the Old Testament Proverbs to the New Testament Galatians to our day today, mm-hmm. that each one of us, if we're not careful, and if we're not led by the Holy Spirit, 
if we're not listening and growing as an individual and as a couple, then we are going to be constantly in a battle with this tension in our sexual life of what I want, what the individual wants, you know, what's, what's, what's most important to me versus how do we grow to become more and more what God designed for us as a couple, including our sex life, so that it's honoring to one another, honoring to God, and, and led by the Holy Spirit, which, you know, it's kind of like, wow, that's getting really uh, spiritual, man. You mean our sex <laughs> life is that spiritual? And you go, well, if we want that fulfilling sex life and we want it to be honoring to God and to one another, there is going to be a journey where God's going to have to direct us. Mm-hmm. And so let's, uh, let's go there. Let's yeah. let God help us. And I think a key part of this is good relationships take work. Yeah. So so do good sexual relationships. Absolutely. They, they go together. And so you mentioned two resources. Uh, you already mentioned the one uh, today, but we'll just remind you, the Christian Sex Rules. That's an yep. article uh, that you can find by Googling that, yep. Christian Sex Rules. Uh, and then you also mentioned uh, A Celebration of Sex. You had a couple yep. other books there, but you mentioned A Celebration of Sex. Yeah. Um, that's actually probably my favorite workbook right. on uh, on this topic, uh, You know, just like anybody else who believes that a good sex ethic takes study and work. Yeah. Uh, that's something that I've read through and yeah. um, really recommend it. Um, yeah, so. I, I know back when, uh, before Sharon and I were married, back when we were in Bible college, there was a book, and it's eluding me right now the name of it, but uh, it was kind of the book. There mm-hmm. really wasn't much else written right. from a decent uh, perspective, but it was like, okay, hey, educate yourself, you know, yeah. before you get married. Uh, you know, I remember as a young teen, uh, you know, having the talk and learning about anatomy and learning about sexuality and all those good things. And that helped me, of course, in my teen years. But before getting married, um, you know, as Sharon and I both came into our marriage relationship, we were both virgins and we were like, uh, this was going to be our first sexual relationship. So we were educating ourselves. Uh, Nowadays, there's just so many more resources. And yeah, I would recommend this book, a celebration of sex, and uh, it's just very helpful. And if anybody needs uh, support in that, you can Google that as well and purchase it. And it's really fun. I I, was, I shared the story in the message about how when I uh, purchased it, it was uh, a part of a textbook for a class that I was doing in uh, Masters of Counseling many years ago. And uh, it was just kind of the humorous thing. It, it was delayed coming into the bookstore. And, of course, then it became kind of the joke because, oh, that's the book with the diagrams and the, <laughs> and the sketches. And, and uh, so every time I check in, it was, like, uh, it was like, oh, no, it's not in yet, but we'll be sure to let you know. And so when I went to pick it up that day, it was so funny because people in the store were like, you know, they might have been behind a bookshelf or in an office or whatever. And I said, yeah, is that book? And they, oh, the celebration of sex. And, like, heads peered out and eyes are looking <laughs> <laughs> who's picking up that book, right? And uh, it was just kind of a, a memorable, but it is it is a very solid book, and so I would highly recommend it. And it comes from a Christian perspective, yeah. which is great, yeah, a godly for sure. perspective. There's yeah. so many things out there on sex now that are not of God's perspective. Yeah, for sure. This is a great one for yep. you. So. Well, thanks, Pastor Jay, for leading us through this conversation okay. on foolproofing your sex life. Absolutely. Uh, lots to learn, and uh, we hope that you've grown from this as well. And uh, we'll join you next week. All right. Take care, everyone.